1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. John Barber of The Guardian.
1: Well, I don't think I could say of. I'm just a stringer, um, as uh, there are a lot of us around, and uh, but it's good work, and uh, it's lovely to present Canada to a foreign audience.
0: To an international audience, getting good clicks there. Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of clicks from Canada, actually, because a lot of Canadians read The Guardian, which is why they're more interested in Canadian news
0: these days. John Barber, welcome back to Canada Land. Thanks so much, Jesse. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Fraser Robinson, Dan McClintock, Taylor Howorth, Bernie Finkelstein, Chris Gibson, Jay Diamond, Sandy Miranda, and Sylvie Sprockman. Sylvie, why did you decide to be awesome?
1: Because someone needs to make journalists and politicians feel uncomfortable.
0: This episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks. John, you're like a freelancer again. Yeah, yeah. I gotta ask. So, uh, what do you use for your uh, for your accounting for your invoicing?
1: Um, just the old laptop, and actually, since I've been working for The Guardian, they just plunk the money straight into my account. I don't even look at it. It's absolutely ideal.
0: Well, then it's not for you, but anyone else out there, I I, I almost got John Barber to do an ad, but it, uh, it didn't go there. Who's offering these services? I should take advantage of it. FreshBooks is cloud accounting. It's a Toronto-based company, and uh, it's a web-based service. You can log on anywhere, and you, you know, like if you have an invoice, an expense invoice, John, mm-hmm. you just take a picture of it with your phone, mm-hmm. and you enter in a few little things, and then It's immediately slapped onto the invoice. It's entered in, you know, itemized. And you can, like, send the invoices from anywhere on your phone, wherever. And then you can get paid electronically as well. And you can visualize who your clients are, how much they pay how quickly they pay you. You can see when they log on and look at the invoice. I like that feature.
1: I don't want to get anywhere near that stuff. It sounds like I'd be face-to-face with my financial ruin on a daily basis.
0: It can be depressing, but uh, <laughs> mostly I find it very useful. It saves me a lot of time. And they're the supporter of this show. And you can try it out for free for 30 days if you go to freshbooks.com slash CanadaLand. And if you do sign up to be a customer of FreshBooks, let them know who sent you. You will be supporting the show. Thank you very much. FreshBooks, simple cloud accounting. Fabulous. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, And just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month. Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Let's talk about the sculpture. Oh, yeah.
1: Professor Howard, why are you opposed to this memorial and the Mother Canada statue?
0: Uh, Because it doesn't belong in a uh, national park. The controversy is about a 24-meter or 80-foot-high
1: statue planned for these rocks at this section of Cabot Trail called Green Cove.
0: Hubristic, ugly, redundant, bombastic, grotesque, offensively tasteless, arrogantly unoriginal, a brutal megalith of beauty-defiling, diluted giganticism, that is just plain wrong... John, that is how the Globe and Mail's editorial board described the Mother Canada sculpture. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> I, <you>
1: mean, been... <laughs> I mean, the ad, the adjectival overload is entirely appropriate. I'm glad I didn't have to do it, but somebody had to do it.
0: You know, I think it's the first time I've truly enjoyed reading a Globe and Mail editorial, board editorial, but uh, they, they let it fly there.
1: It was a scorcher. It was a good one, no question.
0: It was a good one, but it still, it still had like a sense to me of Globe and Mail snootery of, of like uh, they were kind of polishing off their old like uh, art history credentials. It's still mostly aesthetic, their, their complaints. Well,
1: somebody has to... Do Do that, Jesse, because this is an error of taste. People don't want to acknowledge that. They want to talk about all kinds of other things other than the fact that it's a monstrosity. And that's really the issue.
0: Let's go through so and it's true, we do downplay aesthetic concerns. We say that this is you know, the the environmental assessment that cleared this thing happened to be conducted by one of the major corporate sponsors. Typical. We know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It's in a national park, which is outrageous. Uh, there's been no process at all. We, but we don't know who designed this statue. I mean, it's a completely uncredited monument. It's a kind of a, a kitschy knockoff of a very beautiful piece of sculpture, yeah. to which it does not resemble in any way at all. And my problem with it is we're supposed to remember the sacrifices of our soldiers, but what if we erect a laughingstock? What if the world laughs at this thing? Is that respectful for our service people? Is that respectful for the for the veterans if we erect something that's going to allow people around the world or encourage them to mock Canada?
0: Way to judo flip the jingoistic militaristic. Uh, yes, we're doing it's disrespectful to our fallen soldiers. Well, there are veterans who say that. They, yeah,
1: you know, um, the, there's there's more than a few veterans who say that, including the Vimy Association, this uh, charitable association which has done an awful lot um, of good in the. In in the cause of educating children about the First World War and all that sort of thing. They're totally opposed to this.
0: Arguments against that this is really just a monument that Stephen Harper is erecting to himself. Uh you hear have heard that. Uh you can only see her arse was one that locals brought up. <laughs> and this is it's yeah. a statue facing Europe. It's facing the ocean, and locals are seeing the back end of this thing. Yeah. Uh, environmental damage, paving over the greenery, uh again and again.
1: Yeah, you know, Vimy Burgers, Passiondale Poutine. Uh, you know the the true North Hall of Remembrance, adorned with corporate logos. I mean, this is supposed to be a national monument, a somber significance, not a not a uh, a display case for corporate logos.
0: I think you're right. Like this is also what they want to put up. The monument will include such amenities as the commemorative ring of true patriot love the True North Commemorative Square, and the With Glowing Hearts National Sanctuary. All of those practical reasons to not have it pale in comparison to just the like, ugh... That's so tasteless. It's taste, vulgar. Yeah. Taste. Why can't we prioritize that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think
1: the problem is, you know, this is such an anti-culture uh, government. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they started off by cutting the arts, and then they went omerta on culture completely. They never attended any debates. They haven't talked about it at all. But a, but a government can't be completely without a project, a cultural project. And so there's a vacuum of taste there, and into it rushes this direct and this kitsch, yeah. like the monument in uh, Ottawa, which is just as
0: bad. This is, of course, a media criticism show, so let's let's put aside these little aesthetic concerns of the Mm -hmm. Toronto elite and talk about the media angle because listed as honorary patrons of this Mother Canada statue are the names Peter Mansbridge, Lisa Laflamme over at CTV, also Lloyd Robertson, retired of CTV and Rex Murphy, who's listed as a, as a CBC journalist, Mm -hmm. though CBC confirms, no, he's, he's, he's a part-timer and we don't Mm -hmm. want to necessarily claim him with that. Mm -hmm. um, When it was brought to their attention. And I was just curious, like, okay, to find the many ways in which journalists can compromise or discredit themselves. Is this one of them or am I overreacting? Like should journalists, is there a problem with journalists attaching their names to government, and we didn't mention that it's not just that this is a Parks Canada project. Parks Canada, which their mandate is to protect the parks, uh, is actually paying one hundred thousand dollars into this, and gave it donating the land too, and donating yeah. the land, uh, and then is it responsible for the upkeep. Is there a mm. problem with them attaching their names to these sort of state monuments?
1: Well, I mean, I would say yes. At the same time, I would think, well, I'm an old fuddy-duddy who remembers the sort of golden days when no journalists were part of the establishment, and to become part of the establishment was to betray your calling. Now, I'm glad to see that somebody younger than me thinks that that's outrageous too because it's just something we've slipped into, you know? Um, Journalists, as you say, become stars. They become part of the establishment. They start representing the establishment. They get paid by the establishment. It's a real disservice to uh, readers and viewers.
0: It's sort of of a kind of a lot of things that that I've been talking about. It's part of
1: the way the world works these days.
0: Yeah, and it's also just this blurring where Mansbridge is involved with Parks Canada on this. He's involved with Parks Canada on the Franklin Expedition, which is also... Total government propaganda. It's also where Jim Jim Belsillie is involved, and it's also where Harper is involved, and then they come on the National, and there was money exchanged for that. Like, all of these things kind of get really, really fuzzy, if not just completely blown to bits. And then I was curious, what does it mean to be an honorary patron of this statue that has all these corporate donors that are giving lots of money? And Mansbridge has, um, has confirmed to the CBC... I guess in his defense, that no money or donations are involved in being an honorary patron. Well, so, you so know, what, you, is he, what is he providing that? He's, he,
1: he's, he's making a deposit in the favor bank, right? Yeah. The Favour Bank is this invisible institution that makes this country and this city work. And, you know, if you start doing favours for people, they'll start doing favours for you. And the favours can can, uh, be very favourable, including orders of Canada and all that sort of thing. Um, Or they can be strictly monetary, too. I mean, it's all part of being a player, right? If you're, You're either a player or you're an observer, right? And Mansbridge and those people are just players. They're not journalists.
0: John, I want to talk about the RCMP's musical ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happened there. I didn't know about the RCMP musical ride, and I, I, I've just been kind of catching up on what this thing is. I guess you'd call it like a horsey show that the RCMP puts on for families? Well, the musical ride is a famous
1: institution. It's a spectacular equestrian show in which the, they they've uh, put on for a century in dress uniforms with uh, really impressive, you know, mock charges and formation drills and whatnot. And sure, I mean, the RCMP musical ride is one of our more famous, you know, cultural institutions, I think, in Canada.
0: And everyone should just excuse my ignorance um, for calling it a horsey show. Um, But it was not a horsey show uh, just a few days ago. And, you know, nobody can see this. If you haven't seen it at home, John and I are going to tell you what we're looking at here. The RCMP deploys their emergency response team.
1: So there's a truck riding around an infield very slowly, with pursued by another truck very slowly. At an outdoor fair, it looks
0: like, uh, with sirens blaring. Sirens blaring and the tragically hip. Oh, there's a bad guy. Uh, There's a guy, I think he's like in a balaclava. He just just ducked into like, it looks like a little, like an outhouse or something. The cops have come out of one of the vehicles, sirens blaring. They lit a smoke bomb for some reason. They're dragging a man out of the window of one of the trucks. Throwing him on the ground. Okay, now we have the heavy artillery coming in the SWAT team or whatever is, is filing out they, he kind of like lazily threw another smoke bomb also for reasons unclear these guys are bored with this gig <laughs> they brought the balaclava bad guy out who, who's very compliant he's not putting up much of a fight he went into the armored vehicle
1: and off they go two bad guys apprehended justice restored to a troubled land <laughs> the smoke clears <laughs> you know it's so
0: sad about
1: this police force and what's happened to it.
0: Yeah, I, this is really just uh, the least of it, I guess. Well, that's just so hack. I mean, really half assed. But uh, Frank Collar, uh, formerly CBC, a CBC journalist, runs a, a blog that often has really interesting revelations. He was there. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, people came to this thing to show their kids the musical ride to see the horses, there Uh were babies crying in the stands. Nobody expected this paramilitary... But I've
1: understood that it's been going on for a while. Um, That's their defense.
0: Um, So I guess there's some element of propagandistic, you know, military theater. But you bring horses and kids want to come there. I don't know that they're necessarily coming for guns. And-
1: well, it just shows how the, uh, how the face of the country has changed under the Harper government and the message they want to send. Rather than, you know, scarlet-clad knights on horses being Dudley Do-Right, we have guys in gas masks throwing around smoke bombs in armored trucks. And we have a pol- uh, we have a national police force that reflects those standards.
0: In the midst of everything, we're learning about sexual harassment at the RCMP.
1: Everything they touch, everything they touch turns to you know what? It's awful. It's a terrible, terrible problem in this country. The, the, the national police force is. T- It's a mess.
0: I think that it's also especially bad timing as we're having this greater conversation about the militarization of police. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of that coming from the States. But it's a five-year anniversary of the G20. Like it's just hard to – it's hard to imagine how they thought that this would be perceived. And I think that this is sort of a a bipartisan thing. It's cross-Canada. Like we don't go in for this stuff. We don't – I don't know us as a people who like rah-rah – you know, when guns are out and we're seeing cops in full military armor, like it's, it's upsetting. It's disturbing. It's not the country that I think most people want it to be.
1: You know, and, uh, for a long time, we've just sort of acquiesced to that. The Harper government has been very active in trying to change the narrative of what this country is and very much along those, those lines. And, uh, we're, people are just starting to notice right now how extreme and really kind of off-putting it is, as you say, because In a couple of months, the guy's going to be gone. And uh, so these things come back and we think, oh my God, yeah, what is that? I mean, even this Mother Canada thing has been percolating for a long time. Um, But it's only now when you realize that there is an alternative that these outrages, which is what they are, come to top of mind.
0: I gotta wonder, and I know this is a bit off topic for us, and I don't want to get too deep into any kind of like speculation on political strategy. But it seems like Harper is like th- I know this isn't a direct Harper initiative by any by any measure, but you know Mother Canada, and then what we're about to talk about the, the, the ads that are coming out. Like it feels like he's really mashing the button on a lot of this imagery that you know as we're discussing. I think is a turnoff. Uh, does he ha- like? It's a, I almost feel like it's legacy building at the expense of he's. He's still trying to be prime minister, isn't he? Or, or is this like some sign of surrender?
1: Well, it's pretty weird to see uh, the government actually promoting itself by showing snuff films from a terrorist group. I mean, these, these pictures of people being killed, which they're broadcasting on national television in an attempt to discredit Justin Trudeau. I mean, who, who – who, I mean, how do you analyze something like that? I mean, it's crazy.
0: I couldn't ask for a better segue from you than that. So let's let's talk about that.
1: The latest online ad where you use imagery from ISIS and you use the ISIS anthem. How is that not in contravention of Bill C-51? Well, it's a... Very similar to what you do on the news uh, every day here at Global, when there's well, something we don't run relating run the to ISIS, national anthem, and we don't run. What we're doing is no different than what you do uh, on the news, which is. But you're not news. You're there. No, advertising. We're, we're better than news. We're truthful. So we again? I said we're we're doing a, a version. But what did you just say? I'm saying what we're doing is better ver-
0: than us because you're truthful. Is that no, what you're saying? No, no, we're, we're
1: we're putting forward the choice. No, no. You, what did you just say?
0: Okay, so context on that, you heard the ISIS national anthem, which was a part of a conservative ad, uh, which I think you know you you could make a very strong argument that they just contradicted their own contradicted their own bill C51, and and maybe I just did too, mm-hmm. um, in that it were broadcasting. Mm-hmm. terrorist messages mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which they used in this context while they showed images of ISIS executing people uh, in order to uh, uh, criticize Justin Trudeau for his stance on mm-hmm. ISIS mm-hmm. that was followed by an interview uh, of Corey tonight ex of Sun News Network uh, currently running media stuff for the conservatives uh, Tom Clark questioning him like how is that okay and then, <laughs> Uh, And then we heard Corey say, well, we can do it, you know, essentially, we're better than news, we're truthful. And then realizing very quickly that he he probably shouldn't have said that and refusing to repeat it when when challenged to do so. I I don't want to make too much of the fact that Corey tonight comes across and I think it comes across in the audio and and it comes across in the video as like, I'm not saying he is one, but he really comes off like a prick in this uh, in this clip.
1: Well, these people are so out of touch. I mean, they're, uh, anyone who is, thinks that Sun News was going to influence Canadians and that that approach to uh, public discourse was going to catch on or, or had any legitimacy. I mean, if you thought that, you're a fool. Right? That's all there is to it. Yeah. And so they're, these conservatives are scraping the bottom of the barrel. You know, Pierre Poiliver, uh, you know, these guys are the third rate talents, the smart ones of Dalton, they've all gone off. And so what we're seeing now is kind of the, uh, the scrapings and uh, the uh, sort of the ideological dregs of the, of the movement, uh, whereas people who are maybe more articulate spokesmen uh, and more moderate are not being heard from much anymore. Even Jason Kenney, Kenney, he was a very respectable guy and a very smart guy, seems to have resigned somehow from from this government.
0: You know, it's this perfect almost Venn diagram of some of my interests where you've got uh, what are the two limitations on freedom of speech that we're talking about a lot or that I used to talk about and currently talk about. One is that, you know, all this anti-terrorism stuff, C-51, you could get into a situation where legitimate comment about uh, ISIS is prevented because you can't go near their national anthem or their imagery. And then you've got copyright, where CBC complained about that ad because they used CBC uh, CBC interview with Justin Trudeau mm-hmm. in this partisan attack ad. Mm-hmm. The real reason why the conservatives shouldn't have put that ad out is that it's a god-awful, terrible, offensive ad. Mm-hmm. But there are these legal arguments that by their own Bill C-51, they shouldn't have put that out. And now the CBC has claimed, Jennifer McGuire... In a blog post, Protecting Journalistic Content, she wrote, Our guiding principle is simple and clear. No one may reuse our creative and copyrighted property without our permission. This includes our brands, our talents, and our content. Now, I brought that to the attention of Michael Geist, uh, internet lawyer, copyright lawyer, uh, expert in Canada. And um, and he he wrote a post about it where he he said – well,
1: that's just wrong. No, it's just not true. The no. CBC
0: is simply wrong. Its guiding principle is wrong. Its attempt to use copyright to take down an offensive advertisement is wrong. Mm-hmm. We can use their stuff. If you use excerpts, you can use it for speech, and political speech is a protected form of speech. And you know, the CBC is serious about this. They are in a, a consortium of broadcasters that are uh, approaching YouTube and Facebook, trying to get them to take down that ad. We're moving into an election. And so right there we have it you are not allowed to use our news content in your political speech Well, I, to me that's a side
1: issue Jesse I mean I really I mean to me that's a squabble that uh, uh, I think Geis is right I mean everybody knows that you can use clips in uh, and rebroadcast them and in- in certain contexts, it's all spelled out in the in, in the law. I forget what the phrase is, but uh, it's plain English.
0: Yeah, it's a fair dealing exception, yeah. but, but uh, this has happened before. And, you know, I think it's a different issue. I think issue, there are I-
1: bigger problems with the fair dealing exception than, than, <laughs> than somebody using CBC... Clips for a for a political ad. I, it's
0: a side issue, I think, to the to the question of C fifty one and this ISIS ad. But yeah. I, I think it's it's a legitimate issue unto itself in that we are moving into. I mean, on this program on Commons, we are going to be using news footage. We criticize the news. Mm-hmm. We use news footage to criticize the news. We, we want to show you what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they have proven that this is not an idle threat. They will come after you mm-hmm. if you use their stuff. And so we. And this is it gets back to why one of the reasons why we don't have a daily show. Now that there actually is a parody exception as, as well as a user generated content exception, so the the new version of the copyright law is even more expansive, and it's limit, exceptions that allow people to do this stuff. But we still have the broadcasters ask acting like this is our stuff; it's proprietary we're not going to let you use it. That is a freedom of speech issue. It's a press release.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I think of Bill C-51, and for instance, the issue about uh, you know, whether they violated their own bill, it probably, but that's a gotcha. You know, really the issue is, do you trust people who organize something like that, RCMP, musical ride, to distinguish between legitimate expression and seditious expression? You know, these blockheads will will definitely take advantage of the power that they've been given. Yeah. That's really to me the, the, what I'd focus on in this particular uh, issue. And most Canadians are, I think, you know. Um, C-51 is becoming a defining issue of this election.
0: I think we need to put all these things together. I think we need the Mother mm. Canada statue in mm. the musical ride as part of a paramilitary exercise. Get some clips of people being beheaded by ISIS, uh, big theme song, just like, that's just... <laughs> Let's just go full stop. Well, it's Canada Day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Canada Day. Thank you, John. You're welcome, Jesse. That's your Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at jesse at com. I read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. John, where can people find you?
1: They can find me Twitter on at Anagonian, that is a resident
0: of the Annex neighborhood, A-N-N-E-G-O-N-I-A-N. The website is canadalandshow.com and the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Katie Jensen. The next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. The next episode of Canada Land Commons will be up on Tuesday. If you like this show, please support it. (laughs)